Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, we're recording this on Sunday. I, I don't know how the weather is where you're at, but it is snowing very heavily here in the RTP area. So hope that everyone is being safe. But luckily, yesterday turned out to be a pretty nice day overall. And UNC had a huge official visit list. So, man, let's start there, Don, just to get kind of your overall thoughts on the list. You know, a lot of them were players that are currently committed to the heels. So when you saw the finalized list of of guys that were on campus for the official visits, you know, what was your impression initially? Well, I thought it was a a solid list. Uh, It was good to get Henry Simmons on campus um, and, you know, Quadra Jackson, Jackson, um, and a few other main targets. Jaden McKenzie, it was important to make sure he get. although I, I felt like he was going to visit, but he, you know, he made some comments that uh, he might not actually end up visiting North Carolina because of the uncertainty with the coaches staff and everything like that. Um, so it was good to actually get him on campus. But I, I think it was a pretty successful weekend as far as who's there, who was there, the fact that you're, the commits were there also, so you're kind of finalizing everything with them, answering their questions. Um, you know, normally these are more formalities for the commits, you know, as they, I guess, the last step before they actually sign on signing day. But this year, because of the coaching change, there, there were some commits who had yet to speak to Mac Brown at all, whether it was in person or, or um, over the phone. So this weekend obviously gave them an the opportunity to not only speak with him, but to spend some time with him, pick his brain, get an idea of what's going on, what's going to happen with the coordinators, you know, who's going to coach what and what to expect, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so, um, so this was a uh, very important weekend for a lot of different reasons. And let's go ahead and talk about two of the kids that were on campus, Don, that have not given verbal commitments to the Heels because Carolina did rack up a total of five over last weekend, which is incredible. So we'll get to those a little bit later on in the podcast. But talking about Jaden McKenzie, and then the other one was Tamari Fox, two defensive linemen. And if both of them did take their... Were these, were these the first official visits to schools for both of them, or had, had they visited um, elsewhere prior to this? They have visited um, – yeah, they have visited elsewhere. If you remember, Tamari Fox actually took his official visit to Iowa way back in the summertime. That was his official, official visit, and that actually really put uh, Iowa in the position to – really was a leader at, at one point, but uh, they took a little bit of a gamble by, taking, by using that early official visit. Um, and, uh, but with, uh, with Jaden, this is also his, uh, this was not his first official visit. He officially visited Ohio state back in, in November. And then the week I actually, not this weekend, obviously, cause he's at North Carolina the week prior weekend prior, he officially visited Wake Forest. So he's all finished with official visits. Um, he's going to make his decision on December 19th, which happens to be, the first day of the December signing period, but he actually chose that day because it's his mother's birthday. So um, he'll play in the state championship this Friday. Wake Forest is going for their third consecutive state championship, not to mention they have a really long winning streak that extends uh, 
three years. I can't remember how many games he's up to, but it's pretty high. Um, and then I'm sure after that, he'll he'll start to get down to making a decision and, and announce on his mother's birthday. So where do you think UNC is at right now for McKenzie and Fox Don? Would you be comfortable saying that UNC is among the, the favorites, or do you think that Carolina is the favorite for both of these guys right now? Oh, yeah, North Carolina is definitely um, – well, definitely at least among the favorites. I believe whether they know it or not, I, let me phrase it like this. I can't see either one of those guys choosing anyone but North Carolina. Now, I have definitely been wrong. Just look at my uh, my, <laughs> my my classes this year. Um, so, But I just feel like everything just lines up for these guys to come to North Carolina. Um, as I mentioned before, Iowa was, was a little bit of a of – a, um, I guess a threat for a while there, but that seems to kind of drop off mostly because he was never able to get back up to Iowa. You know, after he took that official visit, he tried during the season. So that's obviously, um, you know, you know, a deterrent, you know, and now he knows, oh man, if I go up there, it's going to be hard. It was hard for me to go up there. It's going to be even harder for my parents to come up and see me and, and other family members to come up and see me. So I think that's, that's going to make it hard for him to pick Iowa and the other school that he was interested in, or is interested in is Georgia tech and they too are going through a coaching change, but their change took place. Um, or I guess it didn't get figured out until this, you know, a couple of days ago, really. Mm-hmm. So um, they're really behind North Carolina when it comes to that sort of stuff. Um, so he obviously will have the option to take an official visit to Georgia tech this weekend. Maybe that changes things, but you have a brother who's on campus uh, who can kind of tell you different things. I think that that helps with Jaden. You know, um, he's never wanted to come out and say who his leader is. He's always kind of went back and forth with Wake Forest in North Carolina. And I really believe, and I know that some UNC fans are listening to this and think that this is just crazy. I believe Wake Forest is a big threat and they might be a bigger threat than Ohio State just because of the proximity and uh, his comfort level with, uh, with, with uh, Wake Forest. Um, but I've always felt like North Carolina was, was the school that he was going to ultimately end up at. And it's just a matter of time for him to develop that relationship with, uh, the defensive line coach. And then also, uh, you know, hopefully the, uh, defensive coordinator. Um, the good news is that since he is playing the state championship, he will not be participating in the Shrine Bowl, which he was selected for, which actually we didn't meant tell our, uh, listeners. I am actually on location in the Shrine Bowl. As soon as I get off here, I'm going to go head out to registration to talk to whatever recruits can make it through uh, this horrible snow. Um, anyway, but with him being still practicing with his team and not playing the Stramble, that's going to allow for him to have in-home visits this week, whereas the guys who are in the Stramble, they won't be able to have in-home visits just because they're playing in an all-star game. It's like an NCAA rule sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, that will allow North Carolina to uh, – go in home with McKenzie and continue to establish a relationship with him and new defensive line coach, Tim cross, and hopefully the defensive coordinator, um, you know, hopefully he's, you know, uh, in North Carolina and able to kind of contribute to those sort of things. And obviously Mac Brown also. So that's what I was going to ask you next is looking ahead a couple of weeks before the December signing period, Don, what's kind of like the roadmap for Carolina as far as recruiting events goes? Are they going to have another big official visit weekend on the, what, 15th, I guess it is? Yeah, so 
they won't have a big one. Um, as of right now, I'm not aware of any official visit plans, but it would not surprise me if um, if a couple guys end up officially visiting that weekend um, because obviously it's, it's, it's the last weekend. So the way just, to, you know, because uh, I, I got asked this question on um, on the Inside Carolina message board, the right now we're in the contact period, which allows for in-home visits, school, uh, uh, college coaches to go to a high school, spend some time with with the kid at the high school, actually speak to the kid at the high school um, and all that. Um, and that will the contact period goes all the way up until the 15th, which is a Saturday. That Sunday is a quiet period, which means that if a kid, a kid could visit on that Sunday, which obviously would be part of his official visit for the most part, um, but no in-home visits or contact off campus can take place on Sunday. And then that following Monday starts the dead period. And the dead period will go all the way until I think it's January 11th. And obviously during that time is the December signing period, which is you know, when we'll get an idea of, of, of the, the, I guess the foundation of what this class is going to look like. As if you guys remember from last year, the majority of UNC's class was signed in December and they added in, you know, a handful of guys, um, in February. So do you think that if Carolina does get guys on campus, it's going to be more like the, the pinpoint types. In other words, these are going to be players that Mac Brown and the new staff have kind of prioritized and they kind of want to get on, on campus to give that special one-on-one TLC type type deal, Don? No, I don't think it's that. I think that they wanted they wanted all of their top targets and all their commits to officially visit this past weekend because mm-hmm. it's just the, you know, this was a fedora thing that obviously Mac Brown just kind of just um, adopted at least for this year, because it was just, you know, you're changing so many things. Might as well kind of keep this, this weekend intact, you know, and, and we'll see if he sticks with it beyond this, this year. But the idea is, is that you get all your commits, you get all your top targets, you have them hanging out, you take them all through all the tours together, all that sort of stuff. Let them hang out on Friday night, Saturday night, and all that. And what ends up happening is, 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 is obviously you're doing your, you know, the coaches are doing recruiting during the meetings and, you know, during dinners and, and lunches and everything. But also these guys are being recruited when they are hanging out at some sort of, we'll call it, I guess, a social event on campus later on. And they're hanging out with commits who clearly are going to be talking up UNC um, in addition to everybody else that's around them. So, um, and, and that tends to have a huge impact when when your peers is is recruiting you. And that and that's the mentality. Anybody who officially visits this coming weekend, it'd be more of the fact that, they, that for whatever reason they couldn't officially visit this past weekend, whether they had an official visit set up, whether they had some other obligation, or maybe UNC, you know. Um, wasn't able to completely get them on board with visiting. I mean, there's so many different reasons. And that's why if anybody visits this coming weekend, it's going to be a very small group. All right. Let's go ahead and take a quick commercial breakdown. And when we get back, let's go ahead and start talking about the new commits that UNC did land over the weekend. Because as we mentioned earlier, there were five of them, which was just incredible and definitely a positive for the 2019 class. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. 
Let's take a moment to talk about our friends at Heels Travel. They are a valued IC podcast sponsor, and earlier in the year, they received rave reviews for their travel package for the UNC versus Cal game earlier in the fall. If you missed out on that one, you still have the chance to book your package with Heels Travel because they are selling one to go see Carolina take on Kentucky in the CBS Sports Classic in Chicago on December 22nd. To book that package, you can call 336-855-0060 to book, or you can visit heelstravel.com. Now, that trip includes round-trip airfare from RDU to Chicago's O'Hare Airport, transportation to and from the airport, and a two-night stay in the Omni Chicago. It's right on Michigan Avenue in downtown Chicago, and it's also the same hotel where the basketball team is going to be staying. That's a pretty cool experience for you and the family. So that price and inclusions are offering at the Omni Chicago are even less than if you booked it directly. It's going to be a great chance to see your Tar Heels take on an opponent on a big stage and explore a great city right around Christmas time. So again, call 336-855-0060 to book or visit heelstravel.com. That's 336-855-0060 or visit heelstravel.com to book today. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting and breaking down a huge weekend in that area. All right, Don. So UNC got commitments from, and I'm just going to list out all five guys here. Um, and if I mispronounce a name, please let me know. Wyatt Tunnel and then uh, Coffrey Brown. Chaffrey. Chaffrey Brown. See, I already messed up. Um, ben Kiernan. Did I get Kernan. that one right? Kernan. All right. One and two. <laughs> then Emery Simmons and Christian Varner. So the UNC got a offensive lineman, two wide receivers, a punter, and then Varner is a defensive lineman. So out of those five guys, Don, which was the one that most surprised you ended up committing to the Tar Heels over this past weekend? Oh, man. Um you know, I'm going to sound, um, I guess, uh, boastful, but I, I really didn't, maybe the timing, but, you know, for the most part, all, all five of them, we kind of sort of expected because of the information that we were receiving. You know, with uh, Choffrey Brown, the timing kind of a surprise a little bit, but once he you know, tweeted out, hey, I'm going to be committing at 8 o'clock, I knew, I was like, this this is lining up, you know, exactly how North Carolina wanted it to so there's no way he's going to visit North Carolina and then commit to Tennessee. That's just not going to happen. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, his timing surprised me a little bit. Um, tunnels, my timing might have, but I, I felt like that was trending towards North Carolina for a long time. And then once uh, Appal- Appalachia State lost its head coach, uh, it was a, it was a done deal in my opinion. Um, you know, Varner, I felt like was just a matter of time. And then uh, you know Simmons. Towards the end of last week, we were receiving information from very, very reliable sources that that, the, that a flip was was about to happen, and um, and then eventually we were told it's going to happen Saturday afternoon. So really, for the most part, I mean, we we had an idea. Uh, it was just, I guess, maybe the timing of some of these. Kernan was another one who who was was offered, and I mean, he's always said that if you've read any of our stories, he's always said North Carolina offers him a scholarship. That's where he's going, no matter what. And so, uh, 
you know, when he took his official visit, it was just, was he going to do it on Saturday? Was he going to do it on Sunday? Was he going to wait until signing day? I mean, it was just, it was inevitable. It was just a matter of when was he going to actually announce it publicly. And, and really, I think um, for the last week, he probably was technically committed, just hadn't announced it publicly. All right, so let's go ahead and start with, with Tunnel Don because his was the one I think was probably the easiest to see coming, like well, you said. Let me, let, uh-huh. let me stop you yeah. a second. Let me ask you, what which ones surprised you? Honestly, the one I was most surprised about was um, Coffrey, uh, Choffrey Brown um, because I just, I don't know, I, in the back of my mind throughout the recruiting process, he was just a name that I honestly didn't think UNC was going to land for whatever reason. I thought it was, it was just going to be one of those weird situations where Carolina was probably the presumed leader throughout. Um, a lot of people were predicting that he would join his brother currently on UNC's roster now. But like you said, Don, from the very beginning, is Choffrey is very different from his brother, um, Diami. And you said it would not surprise you if Choffrey wanted to kind of blaze his own path, so to say, and do something different from what his brother did. And I just thought in the end, that might be what ended up causing him to commit elsewhere from Carolina. So that was the one that was most surprising. Least surprising was a name I was just talking about a second ago with Wyatt Tunnel. I think as soon as Satterfield left App State, I mean, that one was pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered. And when he decommitted from App State, the writing was on the wall. Um, I mean, Carolina fans pretty much should have been expecting it i thought the other one um emory simmons was kind of a surprise and i think that one was my second most surprising just because of the timing of it like you said there were some whispers that maybe emory was leaning back towards carolina but you know it was it's one of those things where you hear it but you need to actually see it first (laughs) so i think those simmons and, and brown were the two that were the most surprising Tunnel, I think, was the one that I was expecting. So let's go ahead and start talking about these guys kind of one-on-one. And let's let's do just go ahead and start with Tunnel Don because uh, we've talked about him before. So I just wanted to kind of reiterate to, to the listeners who maybe haven't heard our, our prior podcasts. You know, he's a three-star offensive lineman. He was committed to App State. There's a tendency among fans when they see, you know, Carolina pull a guy that's committed to a – a lower tier school, even though this season App State's going to a bowl game and Carolina's not. So I don't know, you know, how much that the lower tier would really matter for this season. But I think Tunnel, he's he's a type of kid, Don, that I think he is really going to just work his tail off. I don't know if he will ever quite be a starter, but he's the, the type of guy that you need depth at, especially on the offensive line. And it's very clear that he likes Carolina. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm honestly impressed with, with, with what I have watched of his film. Just give us your your kind of 90-second breakdown on Tunnel and why this is, is, is probably a better get for Carolina than maybe a lot of fans would think, just looking at the surface of it. Well, uh, just to kind of hit on that a little bit, um, we talked about it, I think, during one of our, our prior podcasts, but... Uh, you know, even though he was committed to App State, he had legitimate offers from South Carolina and NC State, and he kind of just kind of waited himself out of those opportunities. And we've talked about before a bunch of times where an offer might be committable for uh, so long, and then once that school reaches their allotment for um, that, that particular position, then you know all other scholarships are voided. And that was the 
you know, what he kind of fell into. But he he committed in July, and and for a kid who you know isn't a four or five star guy, I mean that's that's kind of late. You know, if you want to make sure that you have all your opportunities. But anyway, on the football field, uh, I mean, I, I think he's he's a great player. Um, he's a he's a big offensive lineman, very very athletic. They you know his team had him playing a little bit of defense, had him playing a little bit of H back, just because he's so athletic. They pulled him a lot. He has a lot of experience in a run offense. His team, Chester High, actually won uh, the state championship, went undefeated this past year, and he was a big part of uh, their offensive line. As I mentioned, very run heavy, and they use him. He's he's the focal point of the offense, even though he's not the one getting the ball. And he's one that, that the ball carrier almost always runs behind. All right, so then let's talk about... Christian Varner, because that's a name, Don, that I have not looked into a whole lot. I watched a little bit of his huddle film just before we started the podcast, just to kind of familiarize myself with him. He's a defensive lineman out of Georgia. So what have you seen from from his film, and what type of defensive line player do you think Varner is? Is he going to be defensive end, or do you think he could grow into defensive tackle? Because, you know, at 6'4", it looks like he might have the I have the frame to play like rush DT possibly at the uh, power five college level. Yeah. The position is really kind of, um, I guess, intrigues me. You know, if you look at him, he says that he was last uh, weighed in at 257 pounds and typically a guy at six, four, 257 pounds, they're going to grow into a defensive tackle. But then you watch his film, and he has that quick twitch off the line that you really like from an end. Um, that, you know, and he has the length also. Um, and so it, it's it's difficult for me to say if he's that he's going to be a, a defensive tackle or a defensive end. I mean, he's a guy who you know the prior staff would would love to be able to kind of move inside, move outside, depending on what the need was. But I mean, he's a guy who gets off the ball quickly. You know, as I mentioned, has long arms, uses them to his advantage, can make himself smaller to fit through cracks. Um, I mean, he's a guy that's going to spend a lot of time in the opposing field's backfield. All right, so then let's talk about the specialist commitment that UNC landed on. That was Ben Kernan. You said it earlier that, you know, Kernan has been kind of public about, look, if Carolina offers me, I'm going to, to go there. Similar to, to Drew Little, He's not going to really show up in the class rankings and improve that. But in terms of landing someone that, you know, his stats this year were very impressive. It, it, it's got to be crucially important, important to land a punter that you can rely on because it really is an unheralded position, but it can flip a football game. So talk to us about Ben and just kind of what type of player he is here. Well, the thing about him, and you don't hear this a lot about punters, is the dude is competitive. And I remember right now he's ranked 12th in Chris Saylor's uh, uh, kicking rankings. And Chris Saylor is kind of like the, you know, most people rely on him for when it comes to kickers and punters. Um, but uh, Kern is ranked 12th in the punters. At one point, he's ranked third. And I remember talking to him about it, and he said that he should be ranked one at first because he had actually beaten the guys ranked ahead of him on mul- at multiple events. Now, with there is a little bit of um, politics that are played with the, the specialist rankings, particularly if you don't continue to go to all these com- competition events and everything. Um, and, and 
Kernan did not. He elected not to go to a lot of these events, and his ranking kind of suffered, and he dropped all the way down to 12th. But, I mean, he's a guy who uh, he has a leg. He has the accuracy. Um, he's, he actually is, and I don't think a lot of people know this because we haven't made a big deal about it. He's actually originally from Ireland, and hmm. um, you know, his background is, is soccer, came over here, decided to take up punting, and obviously is, is, is pretty pretty good at it. Um, you know, I mean, you know, as I said, I mean, he's a guy who, who not only has the leg, I think he averaged over 45 yards, a punt this past season, yes. but he also has the, the accuracy to put it where it needs to put, where, where it needs to lay. Um, a lot of his, uh, punts, I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I a do. good amount. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay. So how many, yes. how many were placed within, within the 20? 23 of 39, so better than 50% inside the 20. And yes, he had a 45.75-yard punting average as a senior. But for people that may be thinking, oh, well, maybe it's a one-off thing, he averaged 43.7 as a junior. So consistently above 40 yards a punt. Yes, yes. And while he doesn't compete in a lot of these, these events, just look at his Twitter. He's always tweeting out videos of him punting. I mean, it's, it seems like almost every day. So this is a kid who works hard, has that edge to him, which I don't know if you necessarily need that for a punter, but you, you like it at any position. So, I mean, I think he's a guy who's, who's, who definitely will be a, a four-year player contributing a, as a punter. Yeah, and being from, from Raleigh Wakefield as well, he's another in-state kid. And really, it just continues the, the trend on that we've seen with, with Coach Mac Brown of placing that super high priority on North Carolina kids, but, you know, in full disclosure, I mean, Kernan was most likely going to come to Carolina regardless of, of who was head coach, but it's always good to see another in-state kid. Let's talk oh, about yeah. the final two in just a second. We're going to take another quick commercial break, so we'll be right back after this. Are you heading to Chapel Hill for a basketball game this season? If you are, you need to stop by one of the Jersey Mike's locations because they now have five stores in and around Chapel Hill where you can go in and get a delicious sub sandwich. When you do, you need to use the code HEELS15 and get 15% off of your online order or through the Jersey Mike's app. This is only good for Chapel Hill, Hillsborough, and the Chatham County Jersey Mike's locations, and it is that online code only. So remember, use it either on jerseymikesubs.com order or with the Jersey Mike app. And here's how it works. You go to jerseymikes.com order, click the location nearest to you, choose your order, pick your favorite sub, and at checkout, enter HEELS15, and you get that 15% off of your whole order. You get to skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and then you're on your way. Do it today. Place an online order at one of the five convenient Chapel Hill, Hillsboro, and Chatham County locations. It's a super easy process. Just remember the code HEELS15, order online, and pick up your sub. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegler here with Don Callahan. Going to go ahead and wrap up the discussion on UNC football recruiting. Don, let's let's switch it now to the two wide receivers that committed to Carolina over the weekend. And let's start with, with Coffrey Brown because he's the one that we have talked about probably the most out of the five guys over the, the course of the recruiting season. I mentioned earlier that I thought he was my most surprising commit. So, you know, w- with Brown... The biggest question I want to ask you, Don, is how fully recovered do you think he is from the injuries that that kind of have been lingering a little bit during his his junior year, 
how has he shown out during his senior season? And do you think he can return to kind of that speedster wide receiver that he was known as early on? Well, so just, I guess, to give the background of what we're talking about, during his sophomore season, he tore his ACL, and I think there might have been a couple other things that, that uh, were, were uh, torn or needed needed surgery to fix. And the the recovery took him all the way into his junior season, so he actually missed the beginning part of his junior season. And then during his the games that he actually did play, you can tell he just wasn't himself. And, and they always say it takes a, a year or so to recover from such a devastating knee injury physically. And then mentally, it takes an additional year to you know, get mentally prepared, to um, shake off the rust and that sort of thing. And I think you saw that a little bit this season with, with his play. You know, uh, he's, he doesn't seem to be at the speed that he was during, you know, prior to the injury, but he's getting there. And the thing too, is he was, I mean, when the speed he was, when he was a sophomore was, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, elite, you know, nationwide top speed. So if you take a kid like that and you say he's 80%, that's still faster than the majority of people on the football field. So, um, so, so yes, I mean, he still has the speed. Um, and uh, I mean, and, and that's going to be the, the main thing for him until he completely develops his ability to uh, to run routes. Right now, he focuses so much on blowing pi- by people or taking a short pass and and using his speed to uh, to get to uh, to get to the end zone. The other thing with him is that during this past season, he averaged over over 35 yards a kick return. So he's a guy who will be in the conversation for for a returner. Um, as far as his situation with North Carolina, you know, there was a lot of things outside of football that needed to be worked on. And from my understanding, everything finally got worked out. And, um, in addition to that, the, you know, the, the new staff really applied a lot of pressure to him and, uh, um, were able to, you know, kind of secure his, his commitment, um, uh, because for a while there, it seemed like t- Tennessee was the, the destination. So, um, so, yeah, so you want to go on to uh, Emory Simmons? Well, actually, let me ask you just a real quick follow-up on Brown, Don. Do okay. you – where do you see him as as wide receiver on the UNC offense? Like, do you think he will be an outside the, the type of receiver, or do you think he's going to be a slot type guy? That's so hard to answer because we don't even know who the offensive coordinator is or what uh. sort of system. I think in North Carolina's – or underneath Fedora, he would have been like an A-back type. Um, okay. Although I could, I could, I could see UNC finding a way to use him outside. You know, was, I think they would use him very similar to how they use Switzer because Switzer wasn't always didn't always play. I mean, his, a back was always his position, but mm-hmm. he'd play outside some to take a, take advantage of his speed on the outside. Um, and, and I kind of see Choffrey would have fit in Fedora's offense that way. As far as you know, the offense underneath Mac Brown, it's all going to depend on on who's hired. And and really, I mean, even though Everybody runs a spread. They're all slightly different in how they use their personnel, so that's going to be key, too. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap it up with Emory Simmons, Don. He's 6'2", a little bit taller than Choffrey. 
not probably as quite the the speedster, but still, I watched a lot of Simmons' film early on uh, when he was initially a UNC commitment. What impressed me is his ability to just come down with the ball, especially when he's being pressured in traffic. So how big is it that Carolina was able to have him flip back to the heels away from, from Penn State and he is now, I think, on some recruiting services, the second four-star receiver. On 247, he's still a three, but I think Composite, he's a four. So he and Brown are now the two four-star guys for this class. What's the importance of his commitment, Don? Well, when you know, he was the guy that North Carolina wanted to hold that one wide receiver spot all along. They wanted a an A-back. Now, obviously, this is on any fedora I'm talking about. They wanted an A-back, which... Raekwon Anderson, that was the guy that they wanted to be that, and they had him for a while. They wanted kind of the guy um, who you throw the ball out to him in space and he turns into a running back, and that was Wilton Spotsfield, who's still committed. And then they wanted a longer guy who's going to be able to stretch the field, and they felt like Emory Simmons was the guy. Now, unfortunately, they only had him for a month, and then he you know, flipped to Penn State. Um, the new staff was able to um, to get in there at a time where Penn State might have been dropping the ball a little bit and um, really preached to him the, the importance of staying in state and representing his state. And they talked about just how, how much easier it would be for his family to see him play at North Carolina as opposed to State College, Pennsylvania. Um, and, and that resonated with him and his family, and he ended up visiting this past weekend. The thing really with, with Emory for me is that uh, – he has such a high ceiling. His now, now he doesn't have he doesn't have Chaffrey speed uh, speed per se, but uh, I mean he's just an unbelievable athlete. I mean he he has a legit electric time four point four second forty yard dash from the Nike opening opening regional. Uh, he also has a bunch of other unbelievable um, measurements: a, a thirty five point five vertical jump, um, a, a four point. 39 second uh, pro uh, shuttle. Uh, all those numbers allowed him to get an invitation to the opening's finals. And that just speaks to his athleticism. The thing I'll say about him is that he's the type of guy who will make some unbelievable catches and then he'll drop some balls that are very easy. That's one frustrating thing. If you, if you watch his highlights, you will be thrilled. You'll love everything you see about him because he'll make those, uh, those spectacular catches for sure. You know, he'll mm-hmm. make the jump balls, make the, make the catches in, um, in traffic, but there are some times where he, he'll drop some easy balls and that's, um, I, I don't know if it's concentration. I don't know if it's, um, um, some sort of technique that he needs to develop, but, uh, he definitely needs it to, to, uh, develop some consistency. Once that's there, he's going to be unreal. He's going to be an all-star for North Carolina. All right. Well, that's good to hear, Don. Let's go ahead and wrap this podcast up, man. It was a ton of info that we kind of just ran through for everyone listening to the podcast to get the full breakdowns and hear Don's opinion on the recruits as well as some stories that are coming out. Go over to the Inside Carolina Tarpit Premium Message Board and give us just a little preview, Don, of what is going to be coming during this week on these commitments, the guys that were at the the official visit list, and then kind of moving forward here. Oh man, I don't even know where to begin. And actually, to be honest, we're going to have so much content that I don't I don't know what we're going to do with it. I'm not trying to um, to exaggerate here. I mean, we're right now, as I mentioned, I'm in the Shrine Bowl. UNC has uh, has a 
now they have a bunch of commits here. And, and plus, you have Sam Howe. So we, if Sam makes it down here through the snow, we're going to have an update with him. Um, there's a bunch of other guys that North Carolina has been talking to that have been committed elsewhere. So I'm eager to kind of talk to those guys, see if UNC can kind of sneak in in a, a last-minute official visit or might be kind of make him kind of uh, waver a little bit. Also, we have the entire weekend, this past weekend, from the visitors that we just talked about. We're going to be getting up with all of those guys. So we're just going to have tons of content. And then we just continue when we have the state championship games. Um, there's some you know, big-time North Carolina targets that are in the state championship games this coming weekend. Um, and then right after that, it's signing day. So, I mean, really, for the next two weeks, uh, we're going to have so much content. You're, you know, you're not going to know what to do with it. You're definitely going to have, have some uh, reading to do during the uh, Christmas break because we're going to have so much stuff. All right. That's great to hear, man. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this one up then, Don. As always, I appreciate you talking to me and hope that you stay safe down there for the Shrine Bowl. And for everyone listening, stay safe as well. Be careful with the weather. That'll do it for us. Appreciate it, Don. All right. No problem. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.